Thank you for joining the online ministry of New Life Fellowship. May you be blessed by the Word of God. We are um, beginning the first tonight, a four-part sanctuary series. Tonight's the first night of it. Um, called Developing the Home. And so tonight we will be discussing the family order. Next week, Brother Scott's going to talk about building for success. The third week, Sister Tammy is going to bring us valuable information about disciplines in the home. And the fourth week will be a panel discussion to answer some questions from some of you about what has been talked about in the last three lessons or or uh, services. So this will be an informative, equipping, and a valuable series for you, whether you're a single or a young family or an older family or empty nesters or grandparents or it doesn't matter, just whatever. This is going to be a very valuable series for you. I think many times singles and older people and empty nesters, people who may live alone, they hear the word family and they say, well, that doesn't apply to me. It's just me. But it does apply to you. Everything said about family does apply to you because if you're one of those categories, you're a family of one. And usually these families of one have different people who join them as what I like to call family by choice because I know there are people in our lives that are family by choice, that are actually closer to us than many of our own blood relatives are. And so I think all of you in this congregation have people like that in your lives. So whenever you hear the word, we're talking about the family, don't automatically say, well, that's not me because I'm alone. It's just me. No, it does include you too. It does include you too. So tonight I will begin by discussing the family order. And I am going to take for the foundational scripture, one that is a foundational scripture that Terry and I use in all of the teaching that we do, because we believe it is a cornerstone of all of life. So while at the beginning here tonight, it might seem like an out of place scripture for this topic, I think by the time I'm finished, you will understand why I believe it's the absolute bedrock of what is necessary to establish a family order. And that scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have pen and paper, you might want to get it out, or if you have a electronic, and uh, the bottom decided to drop out uh, as we decided to start church. So just disregard it. It'll be out there when you leave. It'll be fine. So if you have pencil and paper, you might want to get it out because we're going to do a couple things tonight that you're going to need to just kind of write something down on. Um, I think I've told this story here before, but I think it bears repeating. There was a Wednesday night, years and years and years ago. Kendra was driving, but I think she was just barely driving, and Braden was younger, way younger. And uh, we had gone to church, 
And I had done taught a class, I think, that night, and it had not gone well, and things were really bad. And Terry had had uh, something. He had had a meeting after church that was not a good meeting. Um, but I got finished with my class, and I went and I got in the car, and I was waiting on Braden to come out of children's ministry. So he came out of children's ministry, got in the car, and slammed the car door. He was little. Slammed the car door, and just, that boy was the funniest boy when he was little. He would just gripe and grumble. He would just, he, he just was mad at the world all the time. He came here like that. He, he just, it took a lot. Jesus has done a great work in his life because he just was aggravated about life. Just aggravated about life. Have you ever met somebody? Okay, that's not him today. Not at all. But at that time when he was little, he was just aggravated about everyone. He, he had gotten mad. Somebody had made him mad. He slammed that car door. He, he fussed at the top of his lungs all the way home. And I'm thinking to myself, I've had a horrible night. It's not a good time. You ought not do this. I've had a horrible night. I wish you wouldn't do that. And I was trying to be understanding. but I'm... So we get home. We walk in the door. He is still just fussing. We're standing there. He's worked himself up by this time. And he is just, he's just beside himself in the kitchen. We walk in. We're standing there. I'm still listening. I hear a car pull up in the driveway. And I know it's Kendra. And so she comes in. <laughs> She takes one step inside the door. She's young. She's younger. She looks at me. You're just never going to believe what happened tonight. And something had happened in youth group that had upset her. And so he's still over here grumbling. And I'm thinking, it's been a bad night. It's been a bad night. It's not a good time. And she is crying, just hysterical, just the teenage thing going on, you know. Everything was bad. And I thought, wow, I cannot wait for Terry to get home because I need help. I need reinforcements. And so after a minute, the car pulls up, and I know it's Terry, and he pulls up into the carport, and he, my mild, Jesus-like, gentle husband, he is, I thank God for him. He's the perfect antidote for me because he's so gentle and quiet, and not quiet, but gentle and mild. Walked in the door and slammed it behind him and threw those keys on that table and stomped off into the den. And I said, what in the world? He said, don't ask. She's still crying. He's still fussing. And he's stomping. And I've had a bad night. (laughs) Wasn't good. Just, okay, am I crazy? Am I the only one? Has anybody ever experienced anything? Oh, I I see. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're helping my feelings, especially the other members of the congregation that I know are in ministry. That just makes me feel so much better right there. So I, we were homeschooling at the time, so I, I called everybody back in the kitchen. I said, okay, everybody come in here. It's time to circle the wagons. I said, everybody feels like you've been done wrong. Everybody's out of sorts. So I said, tomorrow's a holiday. 
It's a brand new day. It's Thursday. And because it's Thursday, it's going to be the shock holiday. We're calling it shock day. And we're going to circle our wagons. And what that means, I explained to those kids, was in the Wild West, if they felt there was danger, they got their wagons, they put them in a circle, and everybody banded together. And they were like, you will not come near us because we will take care of you. And so I said, that's what we're going to do. And this is what we're doing. Circle the wagon day. (laughs) we did we actually have two little hills about an hour from us that we call the mountains and because they're just about that high but they have a creek that runs through them and so you know it's mountains and it's great and so we went it was hot we took our shoes off waited in the creek had a picnic came back home and it was a nice band-aid it helped fix the moment it was just a little band-aid but what what we realized that night, that was a turning point for us. And we realized that we had to take huge, important steps to actually fix the issues that had erupted all at one time in each of our lives that night. It was hard work, and the steps were major steps. But we were determined to have God's order in our family. And we did the hard work to make it happen. And the spiritual part of us was the most on track that night. If you'll put that scripture right back up there, the First Thessalonians 5.23, that, first, that, that was the most, that was probably the most whole part of us, the spirit part of us that night. But our souls were another story. Our emotions were all over the place. Our choices were being guided by wrong motivations and a faulty value system. And our minds were clouded and toxic and overwhelmed. Our bodies and our physical house was all out of whack. And I was homeschooling at that time. The physical order of our home was upside down because in addition to all of the mental and emotional upheaval, I was physically sick. My energy was totally gone. And so we ate food that was quick and convenient, and we were poisoning our systems, and we were depending on medicines and prescriptions that only masked symptoms to keep us going, all of us. We weren't getting to the root of the problem, which, by the way, the medical profession, as a rule, does not normally do. I don't know if you've noticed that. You may want to begin to try to find answers for yourself. No, but that's not from the Word. That's just me. Don't take that as Bible. But... It was like, okay, we, we got to figure this out. The house was a mess. The days were chaotic. Structure was nowhere to be seen. We were a mess. It wasn't a good time. And what fixed us, what began our journey of becoming totally whole, was an intentional deep dive into this very scripture right here. We did not want to just exist We talked about John 10.10 all the time, the abundant life. And we said that's what we want is the abundant life. And we wanted to be wholly sanctified. And we wanted our God relationship to be everything that it could possibly be. We wanted our emotions and our minds and our choices to be healthy and wise and stable. And each one to add a layer of strength to us individually and to our home. We wanted our physical surroundings to be calm and a sanctuary and not a place of chaos and confusion. We wanted our bodies to be healthy and to not be dependent on drugs and bad food and to be unfit 
and aching. We wanted to be preserved blameless. And it involved a ton of change, but we did it. We made it happen. It had nothing to do with being in ministry or what our position was in ministry or anything like that. It has nothing to do with where you work or where you live. It has everything to do with your spirit, your God connection, your soul, your mind and emotions and your choices and your body, whether or not you live in self-discipline or you live in chaos. So tonight we're going to talk about family order, and we're going to talk about it being based on preserved, blameless spirit, soul, and body. So let's dive in. I think the first thing we have to do is to define the differences between the spirit, the soul, and the body. So the spirit... I've said this before, but you have to say something according to the studies. You have to say something 27 times before people get it. So I think I've got about 25 times left. So there you you go. The spirit is the part of a person which houses the God-breathed part of him or her. The spirit. The part of the person who becomes one with the spirit of God. That's why we say when we get the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it comes in and it takes over our spirit. So the spirit of part of you is the part that will live beyond the grave. The spirit part of you is what the Holy Spirit totally controls. Okay? Makes sense? The soul. Here's where you need to differentiate. The soul is not, that's not the part of you that will live forever. The spirit part of you lives forever. The soul is the emotional and mental part of you. The soul is your mind, your brain, your choices. All of this stems from the soul. But the soul is guided by the spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit in control of your life, it guides the soul. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to control your soul, you have a broken soul. You have an incomplete soul. You have an unhealthy soul. Does this make sense? Yeah? Okay. All right. So we go to the third element, and that is the body. The body, of course, we understand the physical, tangible part of a person, the part that can be touched and felt. It can also, for purposes of what we're talking about and the fact that the Word of God is always multidimensional, always. Remember our talk about the layers of the Word and the layers of a scripture and the fact he can peel back layer after layer like an onion. Okay, well, that's that's here too. Spirit, soul, and body refers to me as a person, but it also refers to the Spirit of God, the emotions, and then the physical surroundings that I have or that I create for my physical body to dwell in. So it can refer to you as a, as a person, but, but talking about the physical also can refer to the inanimate walls and floor and ceiling and rooms in which we live, the house, the place that we bring our body at the end of the day. So, when we're talking about home order, this also comes into play. 
not just your physical body, but the physical place you bring your physical body. This also comes into play. So let's kind of dive into that. 1 Corinthians 14 and 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. All things in that verse means all things. All things. Everything. Why is it that we segment our lives into church life and non-church life? We'll have church life and we'll have home life. We'll have work life. We'll have friend life. We just segment. That's, that's not the way God did it. That's not the way he designed us. We are who we are wherever we are. And if we are not who we are wherever we are, we're the ones confused. God is an all things God. He is one who understands that just fixing a part does not fix the whole. Just getting one part in order does not get the whole thing in order. So when reading the scripture, that in order part, let all things be done decently and in order. Okay, that's easy to understand. But don't forget the decently part. I did a little study on that when I was putting all this together. The Greek word from which decently is transcribed is only used three times in the New Testament. Only three. And the other two times, it is translated as honestly. So we can safely assume that part of establishing order in all things is to make sure that we're also honest. Not just with everybody else, but with ourselves. Because when we're talking about this, this, this individual thing, this spirit, this soul, and this body thing, and it says all things, so we're talking about all the parts of us, we have to first look honestly and assess who we are. Only you can answer if your spirit is right, or if your soul is right, or if your physical choices are right. So the first thing to establish order is to establish decency or honesty about where you are. Making sense? I want you to, I'm going to kind of go slow because I want you to get all of, of the process here. A lot of times, here's another fault we have. Just because we're busy people and the American way of life has conditioned us that faster is better. And, and a lot of times it's not. And so we're going to take it slow here tonight because I want you to get the order of all this. And so a lot of times we come in and we want to arrive at the conclusion. Just tell me the conclusion. I'll work out the steps myself. No, no, decently, honestly, and in order. So in order to kind of get this in your head, I want you to get your pencil and your piece of paper. We're going to take a pop quiz. You're going to rate yourself one from one to ten in these four areas. I said you had to be honest, right? This is only about you. It's not about your husband or your kids or your wife or your grandma or the dog. This is you. This is just you. Where are you spiritually on a scale of 1 to 10? You define it. Where do you, where do you feel you are? Just, just write it quietly on your paper. Think about it. Where are you emotionally on a scale of 1 to 10? Even if things aren't perfect, which they never really are, but that's okay. That doesn't 
10 does not mean perfection. What it means is, is are you bringing it to God and allowing him to help you deal with it? Are you taking it out on yourself and your spouse or your kids or your coworkers or your friends or the cashier at the grocery store or whomever happened to cut you off in traffic? Where are you on your physical order on a scale of 1 to 10? This isn't asking if you're sick or well. This is asking if you're making right food choices. Are you getting enough exercise? Is your house a mess? That's number four. Where are you on your physical dwelling on a scale of one to ten? Are your bills caught up? Where's your laundry? In the dirty pile or the clean pile or is it put away? If you are a student in here, is your homework done? See, you can't know what your next step ought to be until you establish where you are right now. So if you have established that, then we're going to move on to the steps you can take in order to establish the order. Remember our topic, we're talking about family order, and you think you're taking it way too far. Some of you are sitting there going, you're taking it way too far. You know what? I'm really not, I promise. And I hope by the time I'm finished, you can see that I'm not. Because if you've established this and you move on to the steps you can take in order to establish the order, you will take yourself and your home from chaos to calmness. And if your home is chaotic, it's not in order. So that's the goal, to go from chaos to calmness. And don't ever forget, the devil is the master of chaos. And he can tempt us in many areas that we would never, ever succumb. He could offer temptations of fornication and adultery and lying and stealing. And we would say, oh, I would never. But he would tempt us with chaos and we fall into it. And it doesn't matter to him which one we choose. Because he's going to win either way. And you're saying you're equating chaos with those sins? I'm, set, I'm, not equating them as, I'm not equating chaos as a sin. But I am telling you it will keep you from being productive in the kingdom just as much as a sin will. So let's go to spirit order. The first one. The first one is spirit order. Spirit order is our individual God connection. And I said individual. We're talking about a home. I, I know, um, uh, and I'm sorry, names are out. But I, I know you have five children and your husband's a minister. Yes. What's your first name? Becky. Becky. I know it. I'm sorry. I got it. So I know that Becky is a busy mom, and she has five children, and her husband is a minister, and he works full-time, and he teaches Bible studies, and Becky is here, and okay, she's got a busy household going on, okay? So I'm not telling her tonight that she is responsible for making sure her husband and all five of her children have a God connection. All I'm saying tonight is, is you have to make sure in order to establish spiritual order, you have to have it. Jamie is responsible for his own God connection. You cannot force your spouse. You cannot force your spouse to have one. And you cannot force your kids to have a God connection or anybody else around you. You can teach your children how to have it, but you cannot do it for them. And the best teaching tool for them is showing them every single day how it is done by your example. And when they're gone, when they're gone, you cannot do it for them. 
And when they become adults, you cannot do it for them. The God connection of a spiritual home is individual, individual God connection. So the tricky part of the spirit spirit order of a home is that each individual spirit order affects the order of the entire home. All it takes is one individual who is out of order spiritually to disrupt the order of the home. Unfortunately, that's true. But here is the great thing about that. It's not up to us to fix it for somebody else. So if it's out of order and it's not your fault, you have the absolute greatest tool that there is available, and that's prayer. And so we don't fix other people. We take it to God, and we ask God to change us and to use us, and we let him work on them. And he does. He does. Oh, yes, he does. I have stories I could tell you. There was one lady. I, I, this, this is a story that's coming to mind right now. There was one lady who had her husband was absolutely just a booger. He was just a mess. Just, just a mess. Okay? She had tried to talk to whatever. The more she talked to him, the worse he got. She started praying. She said, Lord, I've done all I know to do. I love him. She would have his meals ready. She would take care of him. She have his clothes. She said, I don't know what else to do. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to pray and ask you to put rocks in his bed. And you just don't let him sleep. Put rocks in his bed. Don't let him sleep. He's got to wake up and realize that he has to fix this part. And about a week later, he 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 got up one morning. He said, I don't know what is wrong. It's like I have rocks in the bed. He said, I have no idea what I, what to do. He said, but I, I can't sleep. He said, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, I'll tell you what to do. I prayed the Lord put the rocks in the bed. And, and all you have to do is just go take care of it with him. You don't even have to talk to me. His eyes got wide. I know this lady. All right. I know this woman. His eyes got wide. She's in the church in, in Alexandria. I think she passed away. But anyway, his eyes got wide. And he said to her, my goodness, I'll take care of that. And he did. She didn't have to do it. God will do it for you. And if they don't respond, it's on them. But he will give you peace about it and help you establish the order that you can establish. Is this making sense? I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about order. All right, so each member of the home does have a responsibility to fulfill, which contributes to the spirit order. And we find so many scriptures throughout the word. I took out, I had probably, I don't know, three or four more on every point tonight. And I was like, I'll be here all night. So I took them out, but they're there. If you know, they're there, just look them up. But the first one is to the fathers. Okay. Genesis 18, 19, for I know him. The Lord was talking about Abraham right here. He will command his children. And his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. They'll do justice and judgment. And the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. In other words, I can make a promise about him because I can trust him. Because I know him. He's going to command his children and his household after him. He's going to take the spirit part of the home that is his. He's going to bring it into divine order. So let's, let's talk about that for just a second and let's substitute the word, the English word command with a description of the Hebrew word from which it's translated. And that word means this, to lay out the plan, 
to show the way how to accomplish it, to appoint, to direct. So in other words, for I know him, he's going to lay out the plan to his children. He's going to show them the way and he's going to show them how to accomplish it. He's going to direct his children and his household and they're going to keep the way of the Lord. You can't make them do it, but there is a way that you can lay out the plan and you can show them. Show means not just tell. Show means I'm doing it. Watch me. We find numerous examples throughout the word of God where men did this and where women did this. The overarching principle of this is that the husband and the wife must be in mutual submission and agree on how they will conduct the ways and lay out the plan. Then they teach it to their household as well as following it themselves. If there are no children or if the children are gone, the husband and the wife should agree on the way their household will live out the ways of God. Ephesians 5 should be a huge chapter for guidance in this area. If you're married, Ephesians 5 should be printed out and put upon your refrigerator. It's the Pledge of Allegiance for Marriage. And Deuteronomy 6 is also another very important chapter to guide how this area is lived lived out. Write both of those chapters down. Ephesians 5, Deuteronomy 6. They're key chapters to tear apart and to govern the spirit order of your home by. Another verse, key verse on establishing spirit order is Proverbs 14 and 1, which says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. This verse right here, I could teach a whole entire complete lesson on just this verse. It is directed to women. And I'm going to direct this portion right here, this little point, to women right now. The key words to study out first in this verse are wise and foolish. In every situation, a woman has a choice to make. She will either respond wisely or she will respond foolishly. We're talking about spirit order, okay? And so often the soul or the emotions guide the response instead of the spirit, which is the word and the Holy Ghost, because women are emotional creatures. And foolish women respond from emotion. And wise women respond from the word. Foolish women respond by tearing it all apart. Wise women let the spirit guide their words and their actions. Wise women build their house on the word, on the spirit, on the fruit of the spirit, on the principles of God. But foolish women respond in anger to how others act toward her or her family. Foolish women allow schedules to become so crowded that prayer nor word nor loving interaction in the home is even considered unless it's at church or on Wednesdays or Sundays. And I know I'm being pretty direct here, but I just felt it today and I'm going to continue to do it. We're in a harsh world. We got to be harsh sometimes. Foolish women allow their children to do unholy things and watch unholy things. And foolish women let technology be their babysitters and let others teach principles and truths of God to their children while they pursue activities which only add to their own significance or self-esteem or their pursuit of more. That's foolish women. Wise women go into the word and they say it may be old-fashioned, it may seem out of date, and people may look at me funny, but this is the way the word says it and this is what I'm going to do. That's spirit order. 
That is spirit order. Let's move on to soul order. This is a biggie. Wow. Soul order is mental and emotional stability. If we are establishing order for the home, the first order that has to be established is the spirit order of all of us individually. Then we have to establish mental and emotional stability of each of us individually. The mental and emotional stability of every individual in the home affects the home. One angry man can turn a house into a fear factory. One angry or emotionally unstable woman can turn a house into a loony bin. One rebellious, angry child can create unbearable frustration and tension in the whole house. So how do we fix it? If it is not us and we can't control the other person. The first step. Again, is establish soul order in your own heart, in your own life, by prayer and by asking God to reveal you to yourself. I think I've told a story here, too, of a couple years ago when I was really, really sick and, and uh, had reached a point where I couldn't do much of anything. And I was sitting up one morning in my bed because I didn't feel like getting out of it. And I was doing my devotion and talking to God in my bed. And I said, God, I can't do anything. I can't even lift my finger. What do you want out of me right now? What do you even want me to do? And he spoke just as clearly as a, I can hear it right now. He said, study to be quiet. I've made it purpose, a habit since that morning to study to be quiet. Because a fault of mine is, is I have a lot of words. And I use them a lot. Because they're there. And I hear them. And they're good and they need to come out. And he was like, you need to push some of them back in. It's really hard to be confronted with a mirror sometimes of your own self. It's really hard to look at your own self and to take stock and to say, oh, I'm contributing to a bad place in this house. I think I'm okay, but I, be, I, I don't think I have stress, but I may be a carrier. It's really hard sometimes to look into the mirror. The first thing you have to do is go to prayer and ask God to reveal you to yourself. Because Proverbs 17 and 1 says, Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. If you're somebody in this room and the soul order is out of whack in your house, I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you allowing women your hormonal imbalances to dictate the entire atmosphere of your home? Are you allowing your control freak tendencies to totally swallow up the individuality of the rest of the inhabitants of the home? Men, are you expecting your wife to fulfill you and solve your frustrations? Women, are you expecting your husband to fulfill you and solve your frustrations? Newsflash, it ain't going to happen. Or even worse, are you expecting your children to fulfill you and solve your frustrations? You trying to live through them? 
vicariously? Are you killing people with an overabundance of words or passive aggression? Does your spouse and your children dread coming home because they know there will be no peace? And let me be perfectly clear. I have been guilty of all of those things at certain times. And I have a feeling that many of you have as well. The key is this. Has it become a lifestyle or are you seeking to correct the course? That's the key. If it's a lifestyle and you're accepting it because this is just the way it is and this is just the way I am, you're in trouble. Seeking to correct the course is where we are. That's the key. That's the answer. So read that verse again and listen to me very carefully. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Now listen to me. Listen to my heart whenever I'm, what I'm about to say. Okay? There is nothing. There is nothing. Nothing worth sacrificing the peace of your house for. Absorb that a second. There is nothing worth sacrificing the peace of your house for. If you're constantly working at a job or volunteering with a ball team or a social organization or, and understand me when I say this, even teaching Bible studies or working at the church at the expense of the peace and the order of your home, then you are out of order. God established the home He gave us all kinds of instructions for the home. He did not provide an alternative fix for those who gave the best of themselves outside the home and then let others inside the house work it out for themselves. He did not provide a plan B. As a matter of fact, he said those people were worse than an infidel. Providing for your family doesn't just mean putting bread and milk on the table. Are you providing peace? Are you providing safety? Are you providing instruction? Are you providing a plan of how they are to grow in God? Are you providing an example? If your house is one that is filled with strife, even if you are making sacrifices for the kingdom, and please understand me. Understand where I'm coming from. I love The house of God. I love the things of God. I love the people of God. I love, I was, we were talking the other night about my younger years, about our younger years when we were younger parents and how we would, if, if my mom had my kids, which she had a lot because they loved her and it was great and I left them there too much probably. And if she had them, there were nights we loved what we did. We loved the church. We would stay up all night long working at the church and go home in the morning, take a shower, and come straight back. I love the church. I want that to be perfectly clear. But if even if you are making sacrifices for the kingdom and your house is filled with strife, you're out of order. I'm going to say it one more time. You're out of order. It's better to have a piece of dry bread for supper, quiet contentment in your four walls 
than to teach 150 Bible studies and work overtime and whatever it is you do and come home to emotionally sick children and a frustrated spouse and chaos and confusion. Are we okay? We're talking about order. Proverbs 24 and 3 says through wisdom. Here we go again with that word, wisdom. A house is built and by understanding it is established. Wisdom builds it. Understanding establishes it. And this is where so many people run into problems when trying to work through an issue. They forget that the spirit work must be completed in you before you can begin to work on the soul issues. So the spirit gives us the wisdom. That's the only place the wisdom. Wisdom doesn't come from YouTube. It doesn't come from Google. Wisdom comes from the spirit of God. Okay? And wisdom then builds the house. Then understanding establishes that wisdom and solidifies the house. So make sure that spirit work is complete in you and encourage it in those of your house. And then the soul work of that emotional stability and the love and the acceptance and the healthy self-esteem, that is what establishes the understanding. So wisdom comes from the spirit. Understanding comes from the soul. And the house will be strong and loving and a beacon of light on your street, regardless of how full it is or how empty it is. By wisdom, the house is builded. By understanding, it is established. Exodus 20 and 12, I don't want to leave this out because I felt in the spirit as I was preparing this that I needed to address this. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. We're talking about emotional stability. We're talking about soul, spirit, soul, body. So any children who may be living at home, you may be grown and you may be gone. Your parents, I don't know, they may even be dead, but you have unreconciled things in your heart. Honor is to make honorable Okay, so we're talking about soul order tonight. If children are not respecting their parents due to rebellion and poor communication, that has to be fixed by both parties. But if children don't feel able to honor their parents because of neglect or past abuse or other issues which make people unrespectable, that doesn't mean you have to overlook those things and pretend they're not there in order to honor your parents and keep that soul order out of whack. It simply means this. You have to respect their position as your parent, even if you cannot respect their character. You respect their position as your parent, even if you can never respect their character. Do no evil to them. There are untold stories of children who've been wronged by their parents, who have evil parents, who have dishonorable parents. We've heard more stories than we will ever remember about parents who harmed their children or stole from their children or abused their children or deceived their children. And I'm sorry. I am so sorry. And never would we demand a relationship from you which is impossible to attain. And so many people struggle with this. But just remember this, when you cannot honor their character, then honor their position 
and pray for God to make up the difference. That's going to look different for everybody. But the Spirit will help guide you. But if you try to ignore the issue, your soul will be sick. So make sure this issue is addressed, even if you have to get help from a professional or a friend or confront the parent or whatever. Establish spirit order in your own life, and then you have to establish soul order in your own life. And when those two things are done by every member of the household, it will be done in the home. So what happens when you've done the work and others have not? If you don't get anything else from tonight, get this. You cannot change another person no matter how hard you try. You can only change yourself. Wives, you cannot change your husband. Husbands, you cannot change your wife. Children cannot change parents, and parents cannot change children. We have to practice what Jesus came to example. We can only love them and give them the respect the Bible asks us to. And then we pray and ask God to change us and give us more patience and give us more love and give us more understanding and give us more long-suffering. That's not what society says to do. But remember, the ways of God are always opposite the ways of the world. So pray for opportunities. Pray for discernment. Pray for wisdom. Pray for understanding. Make changes. Become humble enough to be sorry and fix something. Become vulnerable enough to ask for help. Seek counsel. Meet them on their level and their turf. Don't always make it about you. Find out why they are not responding. There will never be order in the family without soul order. So if your personal soul order is out of balance and you know you have work to do, I'm urging you to make up your mind tonight to do the hard work that it's going to take to fix it. And then the last one, physical order. The physical condition of each individual and what they contribute to the physical condition of the dwelling affects the home. Third John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. prospereth. So what he was saying, he said, I've got the order for you. Fix your spirit, then you're going to fix your soul, and then I want you to be in health just like physical health, just like the other two. Here's where so many of our homes break down, and I don't even think many of us even realize it. And you may walk out of here tonight and think, hmm, she got into my business. Well, I'm sorry if you do. I, I, I apologize now. We don't even have to discuss it. But the American lifestyle of everybody working and going and busy, 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 and clocks and calendars and no time for anything has led to a lifestyle of fast food and processed food and prepackaged food. And nobody is bothered to stop and check what ingredients those foods contain and what they're doing to our bodies. So we have gotten larger and larger. And our health has gotten worse and worse. And we have become allergic to this and allergic to that, but we don't know it. So we take medicines to mask the symptoms, and that creates side effects. And we take more medicines to get rid of the side effects. And we down it all with a coffee-flavored sugar drink and a chocolate muffin. And 30 minutes later, a Dr. Pepper because we're having a sugar crash. Our joints ache. Our children are developing diabetes and juvenile arthritis, and we cry about it as we're telling our friends on the phone while we're in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. 
please just stop? Please. I may lose a lot of you here, and I hate that, but I've got to be honest. We are great in the church about talking about spirit order, and we're getting a whole lot better about talking about soul order. But the body, the physical, oh, we're terrible. And you know what? Moms have to take a large portion of the blame. And in full disclosure, I did not practice wisdom in this area when I was raising my family. And you know what? That's probably one of the biggest regrets I have in my life right there. I had that spirit part right. I was first in the morning in that word. I prayed. I had it down pat. I taught my kids where to go when there was an issue. I taught them the word. We did an hour and a half of of, of devotion every morning before school started. I had it. Now, the soul part, well, we worked at it. There was a lot of emotion in our house. It was high emotion at times. We'd come down every now and then and then go back up. But, I mean, we worked at it. But the physical part, nah. We were busy. We were busy. We were too busy. And we lived in Louisiana. I mean, you know, why cook? My word. I don't know if y'all been down there, but now the food... That's some good stuff. I have to admit to you, I just miss it sometime. I mean, everything's fried. Everything is fried. Everything is fried, even Twinkies. And it is seasoned amazingly. And every single event down there is built around food. And since the food is so good, we create lots of events so we can eat more of it because it's good food. But it's horrible for you, and you pair that with a busy church workload and homeschooling kids and meetings and services and events all in between, and who in the world has time to cook or who even wants to? Because if you do cook, you have to wash the dishes, and that is even worse than the cooking. So fast foods and restaurants became our norm, and if we were lucky, I cooked on Monday nights, which was family night, and that was about it, and the health of our entire family suffered. So I just want to do this real quickly, and I want to make a plea to all of you. I'm not here to teach a food nutrition course. Just do a little research about what foods you're putting in your body and just try to begin making a small change here and there to take back control of the system that God designed to keep you healthy. I found out the hard way that consuming the word and having a deep relationship with the God of the word was not all that was necessary for me to thrive He also mandated that I needed to have an emotional soul order and I needed to have a healthy physical order. And I had the spirit part right. But there came a time several years ago that the unhealthy habits of my soul and the unhealthy habits of my eating took a toll and my body totally broke down. And you take mama's emotional health away and you take her physical health away and you've got a mess. But here's the good news. It was all in my power to fix it. And I did. And we all did. We all took responsibility and we worked together to fix it for our individual lives. Are we perfect? No, we are not. Is our health perfect? Oh, no, it is not perfect. Do we make the best choices 100% of the time? No, we do not. But we're working on it. And we're not stopping. So all I'm saying tonight is do the hard work to do what you can to change. I'm not telling you how or what to do or anything like that. That's for you to decide. But your physical health is just as important to God as your soul health. The last point I'm going to make right here is, in, is uh, Ecclesiastes, taken from Ecclesiastes 10:18. By much slothfulness, the building decayeth. 
and through the idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. So the physical order of the family also depends on the order of the physical house. Everybody has a different background and was raised differently. I'm not here to advocate for one thing over another. It's all okay. All of it's right. There is no bad. Some people take pleasure in a beautifully decorated home with lots of color. Others like wood grains. Others like all white. Some people don't care about any of that. They just want it clean. And that's fine too. Then there are those who think that the surroundings don't matter. And that is what I'm referring to. Whatever the style, how much or however little, or however it's arranged, it does not matter. That's not the important thing. But the cleanliness and the condition of it and the order of it is important. And you say, what in the world are you doing talking about this in church? We're talking about an orderly home. It begins with the spirit moves to the emotions, it goes to our individual health, and then it goes to our surroundings. Because when spiritual order is in line and soul order is maintained and our bodies are healthy, there's no reason a house should be a trash heap. This isn't Bible, but it's true. The state of the home reflects the state of the mind. Think about it. If the home is cluttered, so is the mind. If the home is trashed, so is the mind. And if the home is in disrepair, usually so is the mind. Ready for another pop quiz? I want you to rate the cleanliness of your house right now. Now look, this one has a little key. Eight to ten means you can get it in order in a day. A six to an eight, it can be gotten in order within a week. If you rate it in three to a six, that means it would take about a month or so. And a one to three, it's like, "Mm, we got issues. It'll take a few months. Okay? I'm not going to ask you to call out your numbers. And I'm not going to tell you my numbers. But think about it. You don't ever need to fall below a three. Ever. If you fall below a three, you're probably not ever going to get it fixed. So do the hard work to take to at least get up to a four and then a six. If it's a financial issue, you know, that's one thing. But if it's a couch on the porch, I'm just asking you, please move that couch inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) How do you eat an elephant? Somebody? One bite at a time. Yes. If it's overwhelming, break it down into bite-sized pieces and stages and then steps. Take control of your physical order, your body, and your surroundings because it's the final step you have to have in order to have order in your home. If your physical body is out of whack or your physical home is in in chaos, I urge you tonight to make up your mind to do the hard work that it will take to fix it. And finally, don't forget this, Psalm 127 and 1. Except the Lord build the house, 
They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. And I'm coming to a close. Lest the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. So be very careful where you seek advice and what influences your home. Are you learning how to parent from YouTube? Are you learning how to have a marriage relationship from movies and TV? Are you learning how to manage your time from podcasts? Are you allowing your children to be taught from other lives and other value systems which you know nothing about? Are you blindly accepting the advice of professionals, medical, educational, financial, nutritional advisors, which have a godless foundation? I'm not discounting their words at all. I'm just saying that unless you've measured it against the words of God, you're building your house on your own. You're not allowing him to build it. The vanity of self-effort is a tragedy. The Lord must build your house. Don't depend on schools to build it. Don't depend on doctors to build it. Don't depend on YouTube and television and podcasts to build it. Don't depend on what the latest food of the week or the drug of the week or the method of the week is to build it. It is not even the responsibility of the church to build your house. The Lord must build your house. A house that puts God and the principle of God at the center of its spirituality and puts God at the center of the emotions and atmosphere and choices and puts God at the center of the physical health of the people in the home by being wise in our food choices and our discipline when it comes to food and rest and excess and keeps physical order in the home and eliminates chaos and confusion. This is the house that will prosper. This is the house that will experience wholeness and success and joy and laughter in the journey. And and I'm not sure how many components you need to make, the, sure, make sure there's order in your home. But if there's, you're just a single person and you're living in, in, by yourself in your home, you need at least three. Spiritual order, soul order, physical order. If you're a married couple and it's just the two of you, you need six. Your spiritual order, their spiritual order. Your soul order, their soul order. Your physical order, their physical order. And depending on how many children you have, you can multiply that by three for every child you have. Because the spirit, the soul, and the physical responsibility assumed by each person in the home directly affects the entire house. But remember, you can only fix yourself. And then you have to pray and ask God to lead the others in the household how to fix themselves. If they're young children, you can guide and teach and example all of these areas of order. But in the end, each person has to do it for themselves. And when that happens, and when we all come together, unity of spirit and purpose and stability and health, oh my, we are unstoppable. So, I pray that the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is designed to be made up of the healthiest of homes, spirit health, soul health, physical health. So, I pray tonight that the God of peace will sanctify you completely and fully and holy, and that your spirit and your soul and your body will be preserved blameless, and that the order of the three components will be healthy and whole and functioning in a beautiful, healthy way until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is 
possible. It takes being bold and making big changes and hard choices. But take it from me. It's more than worth it. You have all the tools you need. So go home tonight and start putting your house in order. Thank you, Lord. As you stand, God, I pray for every household that's represented in this place. I pray, God, that you will allow us to go home and take a mirror, a spiritual mirror, and let us look back at ourselves and let us truly see what's there. And let us begin to take steps in order to make things better. God, we know we will never make them perfect because perfection is not attainable on this earth. But we know that with the Spirit's help, We can make them better, and we can make progress, and we can move forward. I pray that your spirit will be the foundation of every home in this room tonight. Go with us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for watching today. If you would like to help us continue to deliver content around the world online, please consider making a donation. Head to newlifeterahoe.com and choose the giving option that works best for you. Have a great day.